I'm so excited! This is Fiorella de Maria bringing you the early show all the way from a very, very Christmassy England. Should I say anything on the program that strikes a chord, interests you, or heaven help me, or choke of your panacocola? Please let me know. As always, the call in telephone number is 844-527-8723 at 844- 527-8723 and the Crusader Stadium chat room is open for your commentary as well at crusadechannel.com forward slash chat it's so nearly the holidays I'm, I'd like to say I'm really ready for Christmas I'm not because I've been flat out with Covid for the last week but do you know something it's Christmas, whether or not we're ready, let's face it. Oh, lots of lovely messages coming into the chat room. Denise M saying, may you and King Dude enjoy. That's Maggie and King Dude have a blessed Christmas. Enjoy the time off. And grandson Kaysen will be here soon to spend the day with Jacob. Thankfully, our behavior tech will be here too. Jacob's been receiving applied behavioral um, analysis for nearly three years now. I, I would love to know more about how that helps because uh, when my, my eldest was little, we had all sorts of, you know, paediatricians and educational psychologists and things like that. And I never really got the hang of what the point was. I mean, it, they obviously helped him, but it was it was one of those things I find it difficult to get my head around. I have to admit there's so much going on. Um, oh, and Philip is saying, uh, sorry to say the skeleton was not lit again today. Uh, we're just going to have to do without that skeleton. But don't worry, Philip, your last picture was really great. You can probably hear from the snuffling noises. I have a guest with me this morning. Um, Natalia is with me here at, well, here at my microphone, partly because... My voice, as you can hear, is still a little bit croaky and I still have to have a bit of backup just in case it all goes horribly wrong. Before I talk to Natalia, though, please, please pray uh, for the victims of the Prague shooting. It's been such a shock to wake up to that because, you know, these mass shootings, they're very unusual. Non-terror related shootings are very, very unusual in Europe. And so when they happen, it just it completely throws people. Nobody knows how to react. It's just uh, at the moment, they don't even know what the motive was. Um, No one seems to know what the what the young man was thinking. He was um, a student, I gather that's the only thing they really know. He opened fire at his university in central Prague. It's one of the oldest universities in Europe. And clearly, you know, people were terrified. They were barricading themselves into rooms. They were throwing themselves out of windows. They were running out into the streets. Coming just before Christmas, these these tragedies always hit people very hard and it's now one of the deadliest shootings that's occurred in Europe the, the deadliest of course was Norway in 2011 if you remember Anders Breivik um, who killed uh, 77 people um, first of all by planting a, a car bomb and then going to an island and shooting at a youth event so Yes, the the university where the shooting happened was founded in 1347. So yes, one of the oldest in Europe, and it it's just 
it's just a terrible event and you know it i think one just has to pray for the victims pray for the families and you know hope that somehow there can be some kind of justice anyway i have natalia with me here to talk about things christmasy let's talk about christmas um Denise Emma saying demonic obsession or possession is likely behind much of this. Well, you do wonder and you wonder what these people have, what they've been reading, what they've been involved with before they get to that point. It's just, it's so impossible to understand why a person would do something so wicked, so destructive. Um, so, yes, who knows, Denise, that's a, it's a, it's a fair point. Is there is a, some element of... of interference with the occult I don't know how many of them are caught up in it I certainly have heard reports in the past with school shootings you know when they've gone into the houses and found out you know what what materials they found that um, it's just it, it's obviously a demonic act isn't it so um so prayers there are prayers for all involved it's, it's just it's so sad seeing those scenes of people lighting candles and things you know, families trying to prepare for Christmas and then other families you know who who are we're not going to have anything to celebrate. Anyway, Natalia, welcome. Uh -oh. Natalia has also had COVID, so is a little bit snuffly and full of cough as well. So, um, good morning, Natalia. Hello. So, are you looking forward to Christmas? Yes. You looking forward to decorating the house today? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and what else are we going to be doing? Icing the Christmas cake. And <laughs> you still feeling a bit unwell? That's a bit tired. Yeah. <laughs> it's difficult to muster the enthusiasm necessary, isn't it, when you've been in bed with a raging temperature? But what are you hoping that Father Christmas will come and bring for you this morning? And not this morning, on Christmas morning. Well, the one I know I didn't put this at the top of my Christmas list. Now I'm beginning to worry. Yes. Um, but I was really hoping this Christmas for some Uggs. Some Uggs. Is this because everyone's wearing Uggs at the moment? Yes, and also because um, my slippers, they don't have backs. Right. And it's quite awkward because they keep coming off. Okay, does everyone at the ice rink wear Uggs? Yes. Right. Um, I don't know if you... Has everyone come across the phenomenon of the Ugg boots? Uh, they do not look at all like Ugg boots as I remember them. Um, they're sort of... How would you describe them? Well, imagine slippers, but they have sort of like a shoe thingy on the bottom. A sole? Well, no, like on the bottom <laughs> that you step on. Uh, an insole? Um, imagine boots, but they're fluffy on the inside, and, I, uh, and they're kind of like slippers. Okay, they do look very, very cosy. So, well, let's just see if Father Christmas remembers the Ugg boots this year. Okay, and are you going to serve at Midnight Mass? Yes. Uh, Midnight Mass starts at 10 o'clock over here. Will you all be... Oh, look, someone's put a picture of Ugg boots in the chat room. Maggie, thank you. Yes, there they go. They do look very cosy. I can see the interest. And um, the Ugg boot is popular here too. Okay. Um, I have noticed a lot of girls at the ice rink come in in them because, of course, um, first thing in the morning, it's cold. I mean, even in the summer, well, this is England we're talking about, even in the summer, it's cold first thing in the morning, isn't it? Yes. Always. Always. <laughs> and it's always cold at the ice rink. 
it's just Christmas weather. Yes, Christmas. It's in the, the ice rink. It's always winter and never Christmas, mostly. Um, so they're very popular to come in, and they also slip on and off nicely, so you can get your skates on quickly. Yeah, they're hard to warm up in though. That's why I might not take them to the rink all the time. Yes, because you then need plimsolls to do all the jogging about and stuff like that, don't you? Yeah. There we are. So, yeah, Philip is saying Uggs were huge over here years ago. Crocs have been the big craze recently. Uh, Crocs have been a big thing here for a long time, haven't they? I, yeah, I've seen a lot of people going swimming at the Spectrum and um, coming out with Crocs. I guess it's just easier to not have to have socks on and taking them off mm. and also they're good for beaches because they're not they're not quite as open as sandals mm. I, mean, I asked for crocs on my christmas list yes we did also have a, a, a request for crocs too um i have noticed philip though um that crocs seem to have evolved a bit from when they first came out about was it 10 years ago they were really big you can now get some fleece lined crocs and stuff like that so footwear seems to be the the big thing at the moment I guess. <laughs> there are a lot of fashions for footwear. Mm-hmm. Well, <clears throat> at least, I mean, I could probably buy about... I'm just trying to calculate this. I could probably buy Natalia about 50 pairs of Ugg boots for the cost of a pair of ice skates. So, Uggs is fine. <laughs> I don't mind buying Uggs. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> I've, I've always admit... I, I'll admit that I find the, the name funny. Ugg boots sounds like something cavemen ought to wear, really. It does. Yeah. The insides are very soft, Maggie's saying. It's so cute to hear about Christmas lists. I remember my children um, had lists that were so large you could bind them like a book. I actually miss those years. Yeah. Is, that's the point. Did everybody have a Christmas list? You know, when you were children, did you did you do the, the whole ritual of writing your Christmas list? Um, I was astonished, actually, Natalia, because you, you did a perfectly normal Christmas list. You know, you wrote down... You know, what you'd like, your suggestions. Importance. Yes. In From one to was it five? Yes. In importance. Mm -hmm. um, which is quite handy, you know, because I don't know, you're all getting to an age now where I, I need a bit of help because with little, little children, you can just buy them sparkly toys and they're usually perfectly happy with them. But I tell you what, um, there, there were... There were girls at the ice rink. I was seeing their Christmas list, and they had whole PowerPoint presentations with the links to the shops, you know, to the to the online shops where you could buy the things. So um, it was almost like one of those wedding gift lists, you know. And we didn't go quite that far, did we? No, I just wrote on a sticky note. <laughs> yes, that's the way it needs to be. Um, here we are. Oh, look, I'm seeing lots more pictures of booties. Yeah, good grief. I had no idea... Um, Yes, Philip's saying croc boot options for winter. No, it's true. It's, I mean, I think some of them look ludicrous, to be quite honest. I mean, I don't know. Would you wear that? No. <laughs> no. Um, I don't know. But I suppose if you want something a bit unusual, um, to be honest, winter crocs don't really work in this country. It's just too damp. But the thing is, is that if... If you're wearing normal boots, and I understand you can go in the snow and your feet won't get wet, but if you have croc boots and all the snow falls through the holes into your shoe, yeah, onto your sock, and then you get wet socks. Yeah, this is the problem. In Britain, waterproof foot footwear, it's really important. Um, it's, it's impossible to walk almost anywhere in the winter without getting very, very wet. I'm not even convinced the Ugg boots work unless you're going straight from the house into your car and then straight out somewhere else. 
Oh, you look like you're about to say something. Yes, and Maggie's saying they look ridiculous. They have some proper pink wellies. Philip is saying, now Wellington boots are quite a thing over here as well, mostly because of the weather, especially if you live in the countryside, because if you want to go on a walk and you're living in the country, you're going to be off some nice tarmac road pretty quickly and it does get very, very muddy. So we always had welly boots uh, when we were growing up and I still have a pair, my children still have them, would um, tend to use walking boots a bit more now. Are Wellington boots a thing in the States? I'm guessing you maybe don't need them quite so much in uh, in Louisiana. Maggie, those look so comfortable. They make Uggs winter snow boots now. They look so cosy. They might even keep my feet warm at the ice rink. So it's footwear is going to reign supreme this Christmas then. I think so. We also have handwear. Uh, yes, um, a lot of stuff connected up with ice skating. I know thermal gloves and things like that tend to be quite high up on the list. Um, I know one of the others is asking for joggers and stuff to keep themselves warm. But it's lovely and I, I did have a, a cheeky moment. I was looking for um, a present for my little niece. She's two, Raffi. And um, her granddad on the other side of the family, is uh, he runs an Italian restaurant. He's an Italian chef. And I was thinking about getting her some toy Italian food just to see what they said. But I, I like, I don't know, I like getting presents for people at Christmas. Do you? I suppose so. It feels quite nice when you realise that you've paid for it. And, I mean, you probably don't feel this as an adult, but as a child... If you know you've paid for your friend's present and your mum just hasn't paid for it for you, it feels quite nice. Mm, because you've done that. That's your little sacrifice yeah. for your friend. Yeah. Um, and you know you're going, they're going to enjoy it and you know, get, get some joy out of it. Um, Maggie saying Wellington boots are popular here too. Right, that is great to know. Now, <clears throat> I was talking recently about... Oh, <laughs> Um, Philip is saying, I'm hoping for a new battery pack for my heated sweatshirt. <laughs> hey, listen, um, seriously, though, do any of you, uh, I mean, I asked, did, did you used to write Christmas lists when you were little? Do any of you have a particular thing you're hoping to find under the tree on Christmas Day? Come on, even grown-ups have little hopes, you know, things that they'd like to see, clothes or um, experiences. I've seen in shops now, you can buy people experiences. Um, you know, sort of dinner for two and things like that, or um, skiing at a dry ski slope and stuff like that. I mean, they can be quite expensive, though. That's the only thing. So is there something you are hoping to find under that tree, an experience, an object, something you, you know, you've been really hoping for all year? I have, in fact, found the best thing ever. I, annoyingly, I haven't found anyone to give it to just yet, but I'm going to keep this in the back of my mind as a, as a possibility. Um <laughs> What is this? Aha! Maggie O'Connell, Christmas wish book. What was that? Yeah. Oh, right. Now, Natalia has to go now because she's got to go out to do some shopping with her big sister. So thank you so much for joining us, Natalia. Thank you. And it's been a pleasure. <laughs> and, and we're going to be taking the baby Jesus to be blessed as well, aren't we, at Midnight Mass? Yes. yes. So have a lovely Christmas. Do you want to wish everyone happy Christmas? Merry Christmas. <laughs> right. I love having guests. Um, all right. Okay. Um, lots of interesting things coming in here. Maggie's saying, when I was younger, stories would send 
stores would send these massive Christmas books out that had nothing but toys. I remember catalogues. I remember Christmas catalogues. That was the pre-internet, uh, the way you did your sort of equivalent of online shopping. Um, Philip saying, I'd love to find a winning lottery ticket experience under the tree. That would be good. That would solve a few problems for the new year, wouldn't it? <laughs> uh, Maggie's saying, I'd basically circle everything on every page for my parents. Philip saying, Merry Christmas. Oh, Denise saying, I love seeing those wish books. That is really sweet. I'd... I'd never seen anything quite like that, but yes, I do remember the Christmas catalogues, and I do remember there being lots of incredibly inviting things in there. Um, but yes, a, a lottery ticket would be nice. It's, I've, I've got a few little hopes. Um, like, funnily enough, I, I, on the, on the um, extending on the footwear thing, please don't think we're all just obsessed with footwear in my family, but I'm hoping, I'm, I'm a girl of simple pleasures, I'm hoping for a nice comfy pair of slippers because um, I, I was given a pair last year from Primani and I wore right the way through the soles. Uh, unfortunately, you know, it, they, they looked so sweet, but they didn't last terribly well. And I do tramp about the house quite a bit. So that is what I'm hoping for. And I think my father-in-law may be the one who said that he'd get them for me. So that is what I'm hoping to find under the tree. Um, but it, there's something about the, the giving and receiving of gifts. There's, there's something there's something lovely about that, you know. Anyway, it is 27 minutes past the hour. You are listening to The Early Show with your hostess, Fiorella de Maria, and my just-exited special guest. If you have missed the show so far, never fear. You can get the whole of The Early Show as a podcast, same day from crusademax.com. And we are talking about the shooting in Prague... Um, no clear motive at present, but please, please pray for the victims and their families. And also on a happier note, we've been talking about Christmas and Christmas presents and Christmas lists and wish books, uh, which do remind me a little bit of Christmas catalogues from childhood. My mother always tells the story that when we first arrived in England, we were absolutely penniless. And she said she watched me opening a present which contained a chocolate bar. And the huge excitement I felt at just opening something. Young children don't need really expensive gifts. It is also National Date Nut Bread Day. Date Nut Bread Day. Never heard of Date Nut Bread. Um, though we do, in fact, apparently this, this originates in England, this particular bread. We do like making bread with bits of dried fruit and nuts and things and I, I find them quite tasty and they're probably very nutritious as well um, like the idea National Forefathers Day very interesting very interesting idea do you have do you know who your forefathers were do you know who they were and are you proud of them what stories do you have from your ancestry I think this is a very rich subject and just a brief comment on the France story. You know, they're letting um, homeowners, you know, British homeowners, extend their visa rights. You know, it's a it's a compassionate and a decent piece of legislation. This. Now, I don't travel very much, certainly not for long periods. I, I can't imagine ever owning a property abroad. But it struck me when they were making things very difficult for British homeowners in France that they were punishing the wrong people for Brexit. It just seemed to me that 
the sort of people who have a second home in France, who spend large periods of the year in France, are people who love France. Excuse me one moment, I need to cough. Hang on. Oh, there we are. Um, and people like Gavin Ashenden, you remember Gavin used to come on my show? Uh, he used to come on my show every week. And quite often, he would be broadcasting from his chateau in France. He had all sorts of plans for that chateau to turn it into a retreat center and all sorts of things. There was a lot of good he wanted to do. And he was saying, well, we're going to have to sell up. I mean, the French government's making it impossible. And you know, I know a number of people who have more or less made their homes in France who are facing the same situation. You know, don't don't persecute people who love your country, who have taken the trouble to learn your language, who love the culture. Um, the the Brits I know who do have property in France and do spend a large part of the year in France. You know, they they love everything about France. They they are usually either completely fluent in French or quite some way to being fluent in French. So this is this is just common sense. It, it's it's common sense and it's decent. Before we go to the ad break, um, does anyone know what was the most watched event in Britain in 2023? Does anyone want to hazard a guess? What was the most watched event of 2023? This is a day for remembering performances because I've talked a lot about panto, pantomime, the, the great British art of the pantomime particularly how much it's become associated with christmas over here but today is actually the anniversary of the first ever performance of a pantomime in britain 1716 in lincoln's inn um they performed england's first pantomime which included the characters harlequin columbine and pantaloon the traditional um pantomime characters that came all the way from Italy. So performances are important. And what was the most important, most watched performance or event, if you like, in Britain 2023? Uh, Denise Emma saying Queen's funeral. Um, no, that was 2022, in fact. And that was the most watched event of 2022. And in fact, it was the most watched event in quite a few countries. Um, in Australia, for example, it was the most watched event. Yes, but that was 2022. What was the most watched event of 2023? It's, no, um, don't be embarrassed, Denise, because these, these events, sometimes they almost roll into each other. And I sometimes forget it's quite some time now since the queen died it's in my mind she's only just gone uh, but yes it was it was last year so um what was the most watched event of 2023 um taylor swift nope keep guessing um there are a few possibilities anyway we need to go to an ad break now and i need to get myself a glass of water um you are listening to the early show our call-in telephone number is 844-527-8723 that's 844-527-8723 and the crusader stadium chat room is open for your commentary as well at 
crusadechannel.com forward slash chat. Do talk to me. Do join the conversation right into the chat room with your Christmas wishes and your hopes for the Christmas tree and your childhood memories of Christmas Day. Share it all with us. The early show will continue in a few moments here on the Crusade Channel. Live talk radio the way it should be. and insomniacs and those of you catching the show's rebroadcast at midday for those of you just joining us you are listening to the early show with your hostess from across the pond Fiorella de Maria our call in telephone number is 844-527-8723 that's 844-527-8723 and the Crusader Stadium chat room is open for your commentary as well at crusadechannel.com forward slash chat do talk to me do join the conversation as you enjoy a hearty sort of Christmassy themed breakfast of mm, I don't know Pandora or do you have mince pies for breakfast even I can't manage a mince pie for breakfast anyway if you have missed the first segment never fear maybe you're having a bit of a lion it being almost the holidays you can get the whole of the show as a podcast. Same day from crusademax.com. We are talking about the shooting in Prague, motive yet not yet known. 
Uh, please pray for the victims and their families. Christmas lists. Did you write a Christmas list when you were a child? Do your children still write Christmas lists? What were on those lists? And is there something you're secretly hoping to find other than a lottery ticket, a winning lottery ticket, under the tree this year? Also, the question I asked before we went to the ad break was, what was the most watched programme, the most watched event, sorry, in Britain of, two, of 2023? What was the most watched event 2023? And Maggie's saying, I'm going with the Super Bowl. Um, uh, Denise M saying thank you for the Ave Maria it was beautiful wasn't it Philip saying Ave Maria gives me goosebumps every time it is just so beautiful and I tell you what coming back in that wonderful intro music I, I could hardly bring myself to start talking it, it felt as almost like getting up in the middle of church and starting to say hey good morning and welcome back to the early show you know it's, it's so beautiful you just don't want to interrupt um, so Maggie's going with Super Bowl for some reason millions still watch that crap um, King Dude, answer, what is the World Cup? <sighs> Maggie uh, saying, love that version. I'll be humming that all day. Well, as a matter of fact, Maggie, you are right. In the States, the most watched event was the Super Bowl, and it is consistently the Super Bowl. In Britain, now, Denise suggested before, was it the Queen's funeral? And no, it wasn't because that was 2022. In fact, Denise, you were not far wrong at all. The most watched event of 2023 in this country was the King's coronation. And in fact, the coronation is known to have been watched by over 400 million people worldwide. But it's very difficult to tell with any accuracy how many people are watching anything these days. Because, of course, the BBC have their figures. They can say confidently, yes, the coronation was the most watched event. But also, people can watch it on their phones. People can, uh, can um, watch it probably illegally via YouTube or from amateur cameras, should we say, on YouTube and other platforms. And also, with viewing figures, you only ever really have a sense of the number of devices that are being used to watch things. So, for example, when we watched The Coronation, it was wonderful. We were with my father-in-law and where he lives, they have one of these art house cinemas, you know, independent cinemas. And what they did was they did a screening a live screening of the coronation you had to book your seat and then you paid for you know they had food and drink you could get a you know, coronation themed food and drink all day because well, you know it's quite a long it's quite a long coronation all, all afternoon anyway and all the staff were dressed up and they turned it into a bit of a coronation party so that's one screening but a cinema full of people so it's quite a difficult one to calculate but yes the most watched event of in britain 2023 was the king's coronation and the Queen's funeral in 2022. But the Super Bowl, I mean, I'm embarrassed to say I have really very little understanding of what the Super Bowl is other than that it is a big sporting event. I suppose it would be like the World Cup over here because um, one of the biggest events ever ever watched in Britain. It's, it's quite interesting. If you see the whole list, a lot of them are royal events, royal weddings, you know, Charles and Diana and um, uh, the... Oh, Kate and, Kate and Prince William, but one of the most watched events was the 
World Cup final, England versus West Germany, which tells you how far away that was, how long ago that was. Um, Philip is like, it's Friday and now I want Correlation Chicken. <laughs> I was introduced to Correlation Chicken by a very, very dear friend, God rest her soul, Ruth, years ago because it was her Boxing Day meal. We always used to get the, these lovely friends of ours. They always used to come to us for Christmas Day tea. We always used to look forward to them arriving. And they usually arrive not just with their children, but with whichever relatives they happen to have with them. We, we were close enough to them. They'd all just turn up. And on Boxing Day, we'd have a sort of reciprocal visit. We'd go to them. And they used to make coronation turkey with the remains of the Christmas turkey. And that is what I most remember. I never quite got the hang of cold, of a cold meat dish with lots of crunchy things in it. Um, it's, it's interesting because... <clears throat> I can't think of, I'm just trying to think, I can't think of any Maltese dish which combines meat and dairy. And I wonder if it's a sort of connected up a little bit with our, with our ancestry, with our history that, or just because of the climate, maybe it wasn't healthy, but it, it, it took me a long time to get used to the idea of eating meat and dairy together. It, it always felt a little bit strange. So yes, coronation chicken or coronation turkey, uh, sorry, it's Friday. No, don't take all thoughts of meat away from your heads. You're just about to enter a great period of feasting. Not long to go. I thought it would amuse you to hear a story out of Italy. This will really make you smile. Okay. Actually, I tell you what, I'm going to just park that for one moment because I need to give you a little warning before we get to the feel-good story, okay? I don't know how many of you have come across the online retailer. There's an app you can download. It's incredibly easy to buy stuff from them called Timu. T-E-M-U, Timu. Right. There are a lot of these cut-price retailers now available timu wish zoom uh, just to name a few boohoo and there have been a lot of concerns raised about their ethics because they're very very tempting uh, the costs are incredibly you know you, you pay a fraction of what you would on the high street and sometimes you know, the savings are quite big um, you know you can buy a, a nice and a sweater for a fiver that would cost you to 50, 60, 70 pounds on the high street. And you're talking big savings. And I recently got rid of a number of my um, retail apps like Wish because I felt they were just too unreliable. It wasn't because I'd heard bad things about them. I just found, you know, I'd order, um, I, mean, I ordered a weighted blanket from Wish and came, it, it sent me a baby blanket I mean, it was nothing like what I'd ordered. And I had a few moments like that where I'd ordered something and got something completely different and read a lot of reviews saying that they were just very unreliable. They just put anything in a package and it would take weeks and weeks for things to get to me and all of the rest. So I got rid of a few because I felt they were simply not worth it. But Timu, I had had a very good experience with. I've placed a number of orders now. They're always quite quick getting the deliveries through. And I will admit, I have got quite a few Christmas uh, presents from Timu and you know at a time when we're all counting the pennies these discount retailers can be very useful um in fact <clears throat> she's out of the house now the Ugg boots came from Timu right okay 
But there has been a rather alarming article on the BBC website warning that Timu uses forced labour. Um, it's become incredibly popular. The, the Timu app has been downloaded 19 million times in the UK this year. And Timu claims it strictly prohibits the use of forced penal or child labour. However, a Labour MP has warned that um, Alicia Cairns, who's the head of the Foreign Affairs Select Committee, said that she was very concerned about the risks it poses after a US government investigation found an extremely high risk that products sold on Timu could have been made with forced labour. Um, it's backed by a Chinese e-commerce giant, Pinduoduo. It was launched in the US in 2022 and launched in the UK in just this year. It's top of the app download charts. It's very, very popular. And let's face it, it is tempting. However, it does make me a little bit worried. The claims that are being made, even if it's just a high possibility, it makes me wonder whether one can actually use it, if there is a possibility. Um, and a number of anti-slavery charities have called on Timu to provide full transparency. They're basically saying, if you've nothing to hide, Timu, tell us. If you really are not using slave labour, tell us what you're doing. Tell us what's going on in your factories. Because China has a long history of using forced labour to provide cheap tat for the, for the West, I am inclined to take seriously concerns like this. Um, apparently, China... Um, China produces a fifth of the world's cotton and human rights groups have voiced concerns that um, cotton pickers are also uh, forced labour. So this is something that is not just affecting cut price retailers. Every time you buy something made in China, you've always got that slight worry. Where is it coming from? And it, it just makes me aware if you buy something very cheap... I suppose you always have to ask yourself who is really paying for it. They say there's no such thing as a free lunch. If you are buying a bargain, who is in fact missing out? It's just left me thinking and um, a bit concerned about where all this is coming from. It's also a very odd retail platform. I don't know if, if anyone else uses Timu, but they bombard you with adverts it's quite a ruthless money-making exercise for someone. Um, I get probably, since I downloaded the app, I get multiple adverts a day. I mean, multiple emails claiming that they're giving me discounts, which aren't really discounts, claiming that I'm getting freebies, which I'm not getting. And it's, it's very difficult to shake them off. Wish and other online retailers do similar things. I mean, anyone who's trying to sell you stuff is going to keep bombarding you with stuff. But with Timu, it's like nothing else I've seen. And I do wonder just how cutthroat they really are. So 
particularly what's happening to the Uyghur population. I don't know. I'm 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 inclined to think I'm going to delete this app until I have more information about where Timu is making these products, who is making them. I think I might have to delete the app and just buy less. Buy less and pay more. There we go. Lots of people starting to sign in. I noticed it was a bit quiet this morning. I think you're all having lions. Let's face it, we all need a lion. Jacqueline saying good, tired morning, Crusaders. Um, Denise asking, busy with the animals? No, not yet. How did the play go? Jacqueline, how did the pro-life play? Were you bombarded by pro-choice activists? What happened? We need to know. Uh, Really hope it was a success. Um, Philip said (laughs) at the... Um, so I don't know what that uh, what that word is, Philip. Uh, for my brother, um, that's how I described myself. I'm the Wish.com version of my brother. He's what was advertised and what shows up. <laughs> that's really good. I think I'll try that one. Um, WK Sumner, good morning. How is the knee doing, Denise? Yes, I think this is the funny thing, though, Philip, that Wish has become synonymous with not providing quite the right thing. Um, I've heard people talking about you know, the wish version of things, and it's it's not it's not flattering. Um, Jacqueline saying, "Don't have to be at work until ten. Taking my time, drinking my coffee. You do that." Um, and nope, no one showed up to protest. Hooray! It was good. Just really, really tired. I bet you are. Well, is it now your end of term? So you had to have to show up till ten. Are you going to get some time off over Christmas? Am I right in thinking the Christmas break is quite short in the US? Because of course we have a much shorter summer break um, than you do over there. We, we only have six weeks summer holiday. Uh, the schools, that is. Um, but we do get a little bit longer, I think, at Christmas and Easter. You get two weeks, Jacqueline. No, that's not too bad. Yes, my children just get just over two weeks and then another two weeks at Easter and then three half-term breaks. So they were tired, though. They really, really needed that end of term yesterday. They came home absolutely shattered. So... um I think we all need a rest. We all desperately, desperately need a rest. But yes, I will be thinking twice about um, about cut price retailers in the new year. Um, I'm just I'm just not convinced. I suppose the difficulty is when Boohoo um, had a very some very negative publicity earlier this year, where they were accused of slave labour, and they were accused of slave labour of being tantamount to slave labour in Western nations. This wasn't even something that was happening very far away, out of sight. You know, workers really complaining about the, the conditions they were living in and working in. Um, it did it did open up this conversation, but th- there's one thing having a conversation and there's, there's another thing when it just doesn't translate to action. We all get very concerned, then we go back to our old habits. So now I'm going to, I'm going to really bite the bullet with this one. Um, Denise, I'm saying the knee is achy on these freezing mornings and being overworked by the little dude. That's the difficulty, isn't it? When you've got a little one, you can't just curl up in bed and rest can you You, you're constantly having to get up it makes it very difficult so i do hope you get a little bit of respite over christmas denise excuse me one minute i feel you know that awful feeling when you've got a cough and it's like having a crow on your shoulder ready to peck you because i feel it coming um i said i was going to give you a feel-good story let me give you oh, oh sorry um Philip saying that, that that word that repas repas um, it's the reception after the funeral. Okay, oh bless you. No, that's um, that's beautiful though. 
it's 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 hard to um it's hard to lo- to lose a brother i think it's hard to lose anybody but um just yesterday, in fact, somebody, I got chatting with someone at the ice rink. I have some really good conversations at the ice rink. I don't know if it's like this if you're at the side of the, the hockey field or whatever, but I have some really good conversations at the side of the ice rink. And someone was telling me just yesterday how hard she finds Christmas because um, she was uh, some years, five years ago, she was here in England. She's, she's, actually, she's actually South African, um, but she was in England with her husband, visiting family. Her Both her sons are now living in England. They were two days after Christmas. They were having a, a beautiful uh, dinner at a restaurant, and her husband said he was feeling a bit hot. He, The waiter got him a glass of water. He took a sip, and he died. Just like that. Heart attack, completely out of the blue, and she was saying how you know Christmas is still really tough for her. So it just makes me think, you know, if you've if you've been through a loss, Christmas Christmas in particular is always a bittersweet experience. Oh, Philip, that's lovely. Is this um that's your brother and you? Well, there you are. That's beautiful. I hope you're okay this time of year. I hope you're being supported. Um. Jacqueline's saying we need a day on the school calendar so we can end the school year by June. Father decided to have the five to eight graders come in today for four hours. So all the other students and teachers are off. The teacher for five, six and me and my seventh, eighth graders have to go in today. Oh, that's a bit rough. I don't imagine we'll have to do a lot of hard work. You can just, I don't know. Um, I mean, my children yesterday, they were at school, the ones who were at school. I don't think they were doing very much in the way of work. There seemed to be a lot of watching films and stuff. By the way, yesterday is a sort of, you know, collapsing on the sofa after a very, very long school term treat. We watched the second Chicken Run film, Chicken Run 2, The Dawn of the Nugget. And do you know, it's really good. I was dreading watching it because... I loved Chicken Run so much. I really, really loved it. It's pretty much what I think is my favourite animation. Um, it's certainly my favourite claymation. I think it's the finest thing Ardman ever produced. I really, really loved it. Um, and it's been 20 years. And I just thought, what can they possibly produce that could best Chicken Run the first? And, you know, it's not... I don't think it's as good as the original. It feels very different. It doesn't have that sort of earthy... British humour in quite the same way. Um, just the whole feel of it's a lot more sparkly, and um, in some ways, it's almost it's almost too slick. There's something about about the original that just I don't know made you smile. However, it's really good fun. It's it's a worthy. I, I think it's a worthy successor to Chicken Run. They decided to do something very different, uh, which they needed to do. So it's not just the same sort of thing again, chickens under threat and all of the rest. They they went for a very different approach. And I think it was fun. We, we all enjoyed it. And we were wondering if they were setting it up for a third. But there we go. Um, yes, uh, Jacqueline's saying, we're watching a movie and building gingerbread houses, The Lion, the Witch and the Wardrobe. Great. That's the thing to do. That's the perfect way to end the term. Um, Philip is saying we look so similar. I was just thinking of that. I wondered, are, were you in fact twins? Um, I think I kind of freaked people out a little bit. I could feel the odd stares. I'm okay, but it's a tough time. I've had a lot of holiday deaths. Yes, that's it. I think it, it's 
it's always hard when it's when there are deaths around Christmas, and particularly you, you always associate it a little bit. You know, I felt for that woman yesterday. I was I was thinking, you know, it's it, it's never it's never quite the same, particularly if it's sudden. You know, and you, you just don't have time. Um, it's interesting the way you were saying that it's sort of freaked people out of it when they saw you because years ago when I was still a student um, a graduate student died very suddenly huge tragedy he was a diabetic he, he had a, a pulmonary embolism lovely man um, it, it was just he was very involved in the, in the Catholic chaplaincy really devastating and the first Sunday after his death when most of us most of us actually found out he died during mass it was announced during mass his brother and his whole family were there and his brother looked just like him and you see it freaked people out philip it was i couldn't stop looking at him and i kept thinking stop looking stop looking but he, he looked exactly like him and we're, we're mourning we were mourning dear stephen's death and there apparently was stephen standing there it, it's incredible really but it's also beautiful because you've got that that connection you know um denise you're being told by wk sumner please try not to work to overwork it it takes a while to heal yeah, it's tough. Uh, Jaffo Jeff. Um, okay, so Jacqueline, you're not what you're watching the old cartoon version of it too, not just the movie. Um, more modern. Philip's saying seven years difference. Well, I I could have looking at the photograph. Um, yes, I suppose you can tell there's an age difference, but you you do look just so alike. That's incredible. Um, Jacqueline Singer, I was thinking the 2005 version. Is that the version of Lion, the Witch and the Wardrobe with, um, uh, is it Tilda Swinton playing the, the White Witch and Jim Broadbent as the professor? I remember it being quite a charming version. Denise M. Oh, lovely. Is that a Sonic the Hedgehog hoodie? Well, a onesie he's wearing, that's beautiful. That really is beautiful. Uh, Jacob and Kaysen, a.k.a. Sonic. Yay, it is Sonic. Oh, so that is that is the version. Yes, do you know, it's one of those films, it was criticised, but I think it captures the spirit of the story quite well. I never feel they completely get the religious significance. I always feel they play it down too much in film versions, but I just think that the message comes through anyway. I've watched the Prince Caspian and the Dawn Treader adaptations you know, using the same actors. Um, Prince Caspian, you just have to get used to the fact that the, um, the humans are conquistadors. They're obviously conquistadors. Um, you just have to make that adjustment. And there's a sort of lovey-dovey thing going on with Susan and Prince Caspian, which I found a little bit irritating. I didn't think it was as good as The Lion, the Witch and the Wardrobe. Dawn Treader quite enjoyed it. Quite enjoyed it. I thought they, they, made a, they made a reasonably good job of that. And also, having seen the original 80s BBC one, there is just something about the CGI. When, when you're doing a film about a ship... And, you know, with dragons and things like that. It just makes a difference when you've got sort of state-of-the-art special effects. There's no way of getting around it. Um, so, anyway, I hope you have a wonderful time doing that. That sounds like a perfect way to end the term. Anyway, happy story to end with. Happy story. Just to make you smile. An Italian model. 21 years old. Who in 2019 was voted Italy's most handsome man has decided to quit modeling 
to become a priest. Eduardo Santini won Il Bello d'Italia in 2019. And um, he is, I tell you what, he is a handsome young man and clearly very comfortable in front of the camera. Um, he spent a lifetime studying drama and dance to achieve his dream of becoming a star. Has declared on social media that he's going to renounce his career to become a priest. He wrote, at 21 years of age, I find myself on the path to becoming a priest, God willing. He's entered a seminary near Firenze. Um, I've decided to give up modelling work, acting and dance. I won't abandon all my passions. I'll just live them differently, offering them up to God. There we are. Um, and it's just it's just so beautiful to see that happen and I don't imagine many people understand it's just that it's you know, he's felt that call and he said um, he, he tried to he was explaining his decisions that in these past years I've been able to meet people who've shown me what it means to be church they've given me the strength to investigate this question that I've taken with me from childhood but various fears stopped me from studying at a deeper, deeper level last year I took the first step he said he went to live with two priests which was the best experience of his life and at the end of the year it was natural for me to ask the bishop to enter the preparatory course the year that precedes life in the seminary. Here I am studying theology and serving two parishes in the Florentine diocese. So having done the preliminary studies, um, he's put aside my job as a model and a dancer, favouring a new world where he's met marvellous people with pure hearts to whom I owe a lot, who allowed me to grow. Of course, I won't abandon everything. They make me who I am, but I will live them in a different context. He has been treated to a backlash. This poor young man, um, saying that he's a disappointment, even in his family, people have said, oh, you're a disappointment. Um, but there are also those who have supported him. Um I'm not surprised there has been. I'm not surprised there has been a backlash. I can understand that a lot of people just will not get what he is doing. But Eduardo, you are a brave man. You are a you are a brave and beautiful soul. There we are. I just I hope I hope he will be okay. Um, oh, here we go. Um, Erin Akima saying, this is my mum's first Christmas without my father. She's having it rough. Thanksgiving was difficult for her, but my brother and his wife were with her then. Um, is she going to have somebody with her for Christmas? Because we found last Christmas was um, our first one after my mother-in-law's death. And that was, that was really difficult. Um, but we were warned that it's the second year. Apparently it's the worst because the first year you're sort of what um, what people say, in fact, this, this woman was saying to me just yesterday, you're almost in a trance. You know, you, you haven't quite come to terms with the fact that it's happened. You haven't processed it. So you're sort of going through the motions. And by the second year, she said it's sort of, he's not coming back. And it's, you're then having to make that adjustment to getting back to normal. So, yeah, it's a long process. Grief is a long process. So 
it's wonderful though when they're a family you know when you've got family around you who can help you um erin saying my father died january the 25th 2023 so a month after christmas yeah <clears throat> that's really hard and coming up to the first anniversary is always difficult as well so it's i think it was the queen was quoting when prince philip died i still refer to her as the queen the late queen when her husband died said something about grief being grief being the price we pay for love and it's true but gosh it is a price it really is a price um denise m saying i still have my copies of the series i had as a teenager when i first read them the chronicles of narnia that would have been in the 60s and 70s i still have my first series i was given them for christmas years ago when i was a child and my children have their own series but i still love my original series i love the pictures on the front covers they're just so beautiful um ashley saying i would imagine it gets closer to that date erin yeah um there we are that's my dad my boys and of course me there you go no um maggie's saying super slow news day it seems every journalist are already in christmas mode oh yes i think we're all sort of thinking um ryan cornell 76 good morning welcome to the chat room um question of the day will the european u.s bishops be called racist for not agreeing with the african bishops on the issue of the pope's gay blessings um well let's face it can i just ask a small question was anyone surprised that it was the african bishops who stood firm you know um <laughs> it, it, it did not surprise me at all um thank you to the bishops of africa um and aaron saying no because the african bishops are always behind the times do you know it's putting me in mind of uh, years ago when we still had uh, john paul ii was, was our pope i remember being at a christmas party and there was a, a it was a friend's christmas party and we're, we're all sort of student age and like i was just overhearing in the corner you know the way you get sort of shreds of conversation sometimes and this this young woman was talking she was a high anglican and she was talking to this woman saying oh and john paul ii he's a, he's a terrible pope a terrible pope but the next pope will be a great pope he'll be an african you know sort of dreamy i'm so i'm so beautifully uh, beautifully sent by by the sort of little spirits who guide me sort of tone he'll be an african I remember thinking, well, the next Pope could be an African and he's not going to be the raving liberal you seem to imagine. He's going to be, my friend, if we have an African Pope, you and all your dreamy liberal white friends are going to get a heck of a shock and I'm going to be giggling behind the curtains. <laughs> um, but yes, um, it's interesting the way the West perceives the whole of the African continent and how completely wrong they get it every single time, even though African leaders make it quite clear where they stand on moral issues. Um, we'll have to see where that one goes. But, you know, I think, don't you think, come on, to end on a high note, it is a beautiful thing that a handsome young man with a glittering career before him makes that choice to embrace the vocation to the priesthood. I mean, don't you think that's a beautiful thing? Isn't that something we should be celebrating? It reminds me a little bit of Sister Claire Crockett. You remember the Irish nun? 
she was uh, she was an actress she was a child actor and she was really enjoying um you know her you know her life as an actress having you know, a car pick her up in the morning and someone doing her makeup and someone doing her hair and all the rest she was quite a wild child and she had this massive conversion experience and she became a nun she went out to ecuador um and she was uh, tragically killed when she was in her early 30s uh, during the earthquake, if you remember, and her cause for canonization, I think it hasn't been opened yet, but I think they've had the Nihil Obstad. Um, so it's, I, I really hope that they, they will be able to push her cause. But somehow, this young man, it just reminds me a little bit of that story. Mike, are you there? Yes. Yes. How are you this morning? I am well. I am well. Wait, where's this echo coming from? Um, I hope it's not my end. You sound perfectly clear. Um, okay, it's gone. <laughs> and it's gone. Oh, I am well. Uh, I, I anticipate this is the worst broadcast day of the year every year. Uh, it's a get in, get out, and get to the holidays. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, I used to anticipate it with, uh, with, with, with anticipation. But just like my anticipation of the Memorial Day weekend here, the last Monday in May, which is kind of like our bank holiday, uh, and the Friday before that it was going to be the, because they tell us it's the busiest travel day of the year. So you think more people are going to be in cars, they're all going to be tuned into radios, they're going to be listening, you're going to be loved by everyone, you're going to be a hero, you're their companion <laughs> on the way to the beach, and it's gone. <laughs> yep. And they're and listening to the Wiggles on CD on the way. <laughs> well, I'm um, I'm looking at the chat room. The numbers are a bit low this year, this uh, this morning. But there we are. We're all getting ready for the holidays, aren't we? So. So did you know that Joseph Pierce was a closet Wiggles fan? No. Um, am I allowed to admit I have no idea who the Wiggles are? I thought they were a British group. The Wiggles? The Wiggles. Uh, look, I, I'm, I'm living in a cave awaiting the apocalypse, Mike. I have no connection with popular culture at all, as you probably <laughs> gathered. Um, yeah. Well, apparently, uh, okay, Joseph Pierce wishing you a wiggly Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> I never, oh, I never they're kind of like, okay, who is the, uh, they're, 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 they kind of remind me of the, the group, group surrounding the Teletubbies. Oh, no, oh gosh, yes, okay. But not like that. Um, I don't know. I, I had never, never heard of the Wiggles until I read Joseph's column today. Uh, wishing you a wiggly Christmas. Wiggly Christmas? <laughs> what is a wiggle? That's fun. What? Who loved the Wiggles? Our son. When he was little? I, okay. <laughs> Apparently, we have son that loved the Wiggles when he was a child. <laughs> okay, well, that's kind of encouraging, isn't it? You've got some well, idea. Well, who replaced the British? Uh, okay, who replaced uh, the British? Uh, the, uh, okay, the guy that was discover discovered to be the... The greatest serial pederast in British history. Jimmy Savile. Yeah, yeah, who replaced him in the minds and hearts and minds of British children? Oh, I tell you, it was probably Justin. Is it Justin? Yes, he did. He does a number of programs, because um, my children used to watch him, um, called, like, um, In Justin's House. Yes. And um, Mr. Oh, gosh, what's the name? Just, my children used to watch it when they were really little. Mr. Tumble. 
Mr. He, Tumble. Yes, and he does a lot of work with disabled children as well. He's um, he does sign language and things like that. His programs are, are geared for to be very inclusive. You know, he'll he'll sign as he's speaking and things like that. And it's it's a really nice man. <laughs> I can say, he's a really nice man. I'm very nervous about saying that about any celebrity <laughs> anymore. Um, <laughs> For fear that they're going to pull the rug out from under you and reveal themselves to be something that you dreaded, that you couldn't even imagine that they uh, that they could have been. Well, the tragedy is, Mike, that um, certainly when I was a child, the two big figures that we really looked up to were Jimmy Savile and Rolf Harris, mm. both of whom, they were both national treasures, absolutely endemic on children's television they were you know the cartoon time and jim will fix and all this and they both turned out to be sex offenders where was there no love for uh, uh, rowan martin mr bean uh, rowan, uh, rowan atkinson rowan atkinson rowan atkinson oh, yes. well, but he wasn't a children's entertainer because right, um, I, I actually like mr bean i think he's hysterical Oh, yes, look, Mr. Bean came out in the early 90s, I think. <laughs> but during my early childhood, he was doing things like Blackadder. It's a very, very much adult humour, not the nine o'clock news and things like that. Um, the Mr. Bean, the cartoon Mr. Bean, which is all over children's television now, is quite recent. Okay, interesting. Um, uh, do you remember the uh, Fiorella Christmas radio classics from yes, 20... Yes, I loved, yeah. From 2020? Yeah, I love doing those. Okay, so uh, they will be broadcasted here on... Um, let me see, I have the schedule right here. They will be broadcasted on Sunday, Sunday afternoon, mm -hmm. uh, on Christmas Eve. Um, they will be broadcast on Christmas Day... From, let's see, 5 a.m. will be the first, because it's seven hours. The whole thing runs, the program runs seven hours yeah. with all the uh, the various shows. Uh, you have Orson Welles reading the, the, uh, the, uh, the, uh, the Gospel of St. Luke. You mm -hmm. have Orson Welles in the Mercury Theater doing a Christmas carol. Yep. You have, uh, gosh, I don't have a list here um, in front of me. I had to go get it. But there, I had forgotten that we had done this wonderful little production for Radio Classics. And it's all that, coming back to me now with you talking about it. Yes, and that you had, uh, well, you know, I can, I can take a, I can take a, 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 a look over on the other server, um, and that you had done the uh, these uh, one minute long little introductions for them. Yeah, oh, I, I really enjoyed doing those. It's bringing back very happy memories. Um, I'm just looking at the list now. Okay, uh, uh, see if this rings a bell. Joppy the Juggler. Yes. <laughs> what can you tell us about Joppy the Juggler? Uh, it's a it's a it's 1950s, wasn't it? These these. Um, yes. 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 It's it's a charming, innocent, just feel good Christmas story. You know. Um, most people will not know this. Uh, they should, but they, especially if they're uh, Christmas trivia historians like me. Uh, mm -hmm. But before it became a movie, um, uh, the, uh, the, the, the short story that was written called It's a Wonderful Life was oh, yeah. a radio presentation. Ah, oh, no, I did not know that. Well, you did it. You covered it. No, no, but I didn't know this originally. I thought I thought it had 
I didn't realize which order it went. No, uh, short story, and then radio drama, and then film with James with James Stewart, and who is it? Uh, Donna um, uh, Donna Reed. Right. Was Donna Reed? Wasn't Donna Reed Mrs. In the in the film version, wasn't she uh, Mrs. Bailey? Um, I think I'm pretty sure. The wrong was... person to ask about details like that, I'm afraid. Okay, and then um, we have the Christmas Bride. The Adventure mm -hmm. of the Christmas Bride. Yeah. Now this is this is a Sherlock Holmes adventure. Yeah, it's it's great. It's Christmas. It's Sherlock Holmes. Okay, and then there is Sherlock Holmes the night before Christmas that you uh, did an introduction yep. to. Mm-hmm. It was asking to happen. Let's face it, me and Sherlock Holmes. <laughs> then there is the Mercury Theater. There is a Christmas Carol. Uh, yes. Led by Orson Welles. You know, he's a very complicated and complex figure. Yeah. Most, uh, again, he's another one of those guys that everyone, oh, everyone knows who Orson Welles is because of War of the Worlds or Citizen Kane. Um, uh, but Welles had a very prolific career. This guy never <laughs> slept. Yeah. I mean, he was doing the Mercury Radio Theater, what, five nights a week? Wow. And so then, I saw him in, um, oh, the, f the first thing I saw Orson Welles in was The Third Man. Um, I, I haven't seen that one. Um, oh, that's, he, see, he plays a serious baddie in that one. So he, uh, uh, of course, he gets really obese at the end of his life. And the la one of his last roles that people remember him by is just it's horrible. He plays the dreadful Cardinal Woolsey in A Man for All Seasons. Of course, yes. I assumed he'd put on the weight for the role. Oh, is that what he did? Because he never no, lost well, probably, it. <laughs> probably not, actually. He probably just was hugely fat. Um, and then uh, continuing on with your Christmas extravaganza. So, folks, if you want to listen on Christmas Day while you're opening presents or whatever, this is what's going to be playing. Back for Christmas. Mm-hmm. Um, Yuletide Miracle. Do you remember this one? I'm struggling to remember this one. What was that? Okay, I, I don't know. I haven't heard it in, uh, in a long time. The and then we round out the, uh, the 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 program, if you will, with the littlest angel. Yes. And then a reprise of "It's a Wonderful Life." So then yeah. it runs again. And uh, then there is your Christmas uh, finale and goodbye. And this all was recorded in tw in 2020. In December of 2020. So I imagine that we probably had finished, uh, you were probably wrapping up season one of the Fiorella Files at that time. Yeah, I think so. Wow. Yes, I, I really enjoyed doing those intros. I, I liked as well, I, mean, I liked doing the whole lights out and suspense and all of that lot. Well, funny you should say that because that will broadcast on Tuesday. Uh -huh. <laughs> good. So, uh, yes, because uh, uh, next week is all uh, best ofs and pop-up channels, what we call pop-up channels, and uh, so everybody can re relax with the family and enjoy the actual holiday. What is the standard time off in the UK? So do you, do you go all the way from Christmas to Epiphany? Um, most people will try and have, um, certainly between... At a minimum, between Christmas Eve and New Year. Right. Um, the schools will be off for at least two weeks. Um, in fact, my children, I think, are back on the 9th. They get a bit longer this year. Um, but it's it depends. It always depends when Christmas Day falls in the week. 
Yeah, so uh, because it's falling on a Monday, it's kind of confusing some people with the liturgical calendar. With, uh, yes, and do you know, a lot of people asking on social media, I've noticed, you know, when do I go to Mass? Well, you go Sunday, as you normally do, and then you either go to Midnight Mass or you go Monday. So, <laughs> yeah. that's the proper, the, the, the correct answer. You were talking earlier about how the African bishops, it's not just the African bishop. There was a group, uh, there was a group of, of, of clericals or bishops in, in the UK that also issued a statement. Mm. Bishops in the UK? Yes. Um, uh, uh, let's see. I have it here somewhere. Um, it was. Um, I know I copied it. Where are you? I can't find it now. Of course, this is what happens to me every time I'm looking for something. Um, <laughs> they, uh, because I want to make sure I get the name right of who they were, but they were definitely most decidedly from the UK. I know I posted this darn thing. Um, and they uh, they basically said pretty much what the South uh, what the uh, what the African bishops said. Did you find it? Oh, she's not even looking. She, she's gone. She's gone. She's already. It's Christmas Day in Maggie's mind. It's it it's <laughs> it's already Christmas Day. Um, but have you have you seen have you seen the um, the darkly humorous meme going round? Which one? John the Baptist. John the Baptist blessing um, Herod and Herodias. Oh, Lord. Uh, no, but it wouldn't surprise <laughs> me. It's kind of appropriate, isn't it? Well, that was the, but, but the, thing's, the point I was trying to make in um, during the show is that there's such a misunderstanding about the entire continent of Africa. Most people have no idea um, for, or how big it is, how diverse it is, and how differently people see things. And... Um, we tend to be very patronising about Africa over here because we all have this feeling of like, oh, these dear Africans, well, they're, they're terribly, they, they think like us, really, um, and then get very affronted when they don't. Um, and it's there's a lot of um, a lot of people genuinely think that South Africans are probably quite liberal, um, and we'll, we'll we'll do things the way we do them, and then get very annoyed when they come out with statements they don't like. Yeah, and I was going through. I was looking for them, uh, a, CD, a CD yesterday, uh, Christmas at Ephesus, by the Benedictine Sisters in Gower, Missouri. And I put it in the chat room. No one commented on it. Uh, so I guess if no one comments on it, it didn't happen. But it did. Um, so I found the CD. And I'm going to the CD. And I opened it up in the, in the center. And there, there's the picture in there that I put in the, in the chat room. And I'm looking at the picture. I'm going, wait a minute, because th that CD was recorded probably in 2016 or 2015 or so because I bought it from them in 20 in the summer of 2018 I, I want to say when I went there so I'm looking at the inside cover uh, of, of kind of the fold out of the CD and uh, these all the sisters that were uh, that, that were there that uh, when they recorded that and they were gathered there and lo and behold, if you look at the uh, picture there, bottom row in the center is the incorrupt Sister Cecilia, very much still alive. What? This is the uh, this is the sister that died 
um, and was buried on the grounds of Our Lady, uh, the Sisters uh, uh, of Our Lady of Ephesus in Gower, Missouri. She was buried in 2018 or 2019. 20, I want to say 2019. She was buried in 2019, and they are expanding. They expanded their cathedral or their um, uh, their church. So they built a new one. And uh, consequently, they were kind of rearranging the property. So they were going, they were moving, they, they, they decided they were going to move the cemetery and put it in a different place because I guess they were probably going to offer grave plots to people that are now going to that church and making it kind of their home church. So they had to exhume, there were only uh, two or three sisters that were buried there. They had to uh, exhume. She was the foundress. She founded this order. Back in 1990 or 89 or 90, um, uh, I want to say, uh, she was a black woman, and she joined, uh, she took her vows, uh, she took the habit back in the 1950s. So she died, and in 2019, they buried her, so they dug her up, and while they had the, the coffin open, where they had it, where they, that, that they, they took the coffin out of the ground, um, uh, I guess it's a regular, regular process, they went to inspect the remains, and when they opened it, they were surprised. Uh, the scent of roses came out, and there was Sister Cecilia laying there completely and totally as if she was just taking a nap, incorrupt. Well, were you, um, do you remember when Eamon, it's not, not Eamon, sorry, Emmett Dooley was on the show I once, do. And he talked about his father helping out with exhuming, um, there, there was a, sadly it was, rather typical situation in Ireland, convent closing, and they had to rebury the, uh, the, the, the nuns in the, in the cemetery. Mm-hmm. Um, and so he helped to dig them up. He sort of made a joke, oh, I'm digging up the nuns. And he said half the women they dug up were incorrupt. That's incredible. I didn't, so no, I didn't catch that. It. Yeah, couldn't believe it. Um, so, no, there's, you know, so they, genuinely there was a lot of holiness in those in those conference. Well, yeah. you, you would imagine that there would be. Uh, that's a great story for our time, isn't it? Absolutely. Their causes will never be opened. You know, they will never be known about, but God knows them. Well, that's the thing. Uh, there, there are millions of saints whose causes will never be opened. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I said that's my children. I mean, my, my grandmother was a genuinely saintly woman. I mean, everyone always canonizes their their family when they're gone, but she really was. I, I really did feel she was a saint. And again, you know, we'll, we'll be the only ones who remember her, but I'm no doubt at all that she's numbered among the saints. And, and there are people in our own families, you know, who are like that. And we should take comfort from that. Yes. Um, uh, what would you say was the biggest story that you covered in the year that was 2023? Uh, for me, it was probably the coronation, I suppose. Okay. Well, okay. Outside of the king and British royal politics, what was the biggest story that you covered in 2023? Well, is there any bigger story? <laughs> uh, well, I said outside of... Uh, okay, okay. Um, oh, gosh. Oh, put me on the spot about these things. Um, Don't you think it would have been your interview with the lawyer or with one of the lawyers who was representing that woman who was sued in the Netherlands for quoting the Bible? Finland, yes. Finland, Finland. Yes. Pavi. Yes. There was a... a, 
Okay. Yeah. What about the interview with the lady that was some sort of a political prisoner but had been freed? Was she in Iran or India? Um, I didn't interview her there. I, I interviewed an Indian activist, if you recall, who um, worked for ADF in India. Um, and who was the priest that we that you interviewed uh, who was campaigning for the cause of father of the canonization for Father Willie Doyle? That was the postulator for the the cause that was Father Don Hogan. Yes, wonderful interview. It'll probably air next week. I, I told Justin to go find it. Actually, you know that was my favorite interview. Yes, it was really good. And, and you know what else I told him to air? And I hope he's listening. You know what else I in in, in for your best ofs. Next, okay. uh, next week, Joe Clovis's interview with his daughter. Uh huh. How was that my best of? That was my fitting. <laughs> it was I not your was. best of. It was one of the best ofs. <laughs> no, it was wonderful. You should listen to it. Um, she. Um, I'm trying to remember which one of his daughters it was, but everyone was uh, was remarking uh, was remarking about how what a what a wonderful young lady she was, and uh, her and Joe just had a great rapport. And we were, we were they were all sad in the chat room when the when the show had come to a close. So uh, I told Justin, I said that's one that you can air in uh, in in Fiorella's steed. Um, I asked him for the interview with the priest that you just mentioned. There was one other one. I gave him three because uh, we'll need three uh, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday. In any event, the, the, the uh, I'd say that the early show had a very successful year. I've, I've been happy. I've been happy with the way it's developing. Anyway. Um, yes, you have become the queen of daytime chat rooms. <laughs> More people need to sign into the chat room. Come on, I, I would never get my chocolate now. Well, it's almost like it's a. It's a. Uh, uh, I, I had a consultant friend back in the '90s who used to uh, try to drill it into people's heads that talk radio did not have to be about conservative politics and conservative commentary. That you right. could. That if you could. That if you could make it compelling, you could talk about anything as long as it was compelling. And um, I think that the uh, inclusion of the chat room as basically a news source has made the early show uh, that has brought Walter Sabo's maxim into fruition. <laughs> um, uh, it's almost it could be a genre of its own. So, as a matter of fact, if you had a if you if you had a sizable audience in Great Britain, I, I would I would dare to say that you would have already have copycatters. That would be fun. Well, yeah. the, what do they call that? It's the, the greatest form of flattery, isn't it? It, it, it? Imitation is the greatest form of flattery. Imitation. Would, no, no. I, I always say imitation is the greatest form of copyright theft. Yeah. <laughs> <Of> intellectual <laughs> theft. Go get your own idea. Yeah. <laughs> um, so have a, um, a, a wonderful and safe and blessed uh, week off with, uh, with your family. Now, the, the, the daughter you had on today, is she the one that had her teeth yanked out? No. Um, she, she I was going to say, because if it was, she's more. talking, she's speaking very well. Uh, no, no, it was the other one. The other one was not up to coming to the microphone this morning. Okay, was it, the one that had her teeth pulled out, could she speak? Yes, she's just feeling a bit oh. under-motivated this morning, should uh, we say. I, I, I wonder why she's under-motivated. I... <laughs> <laughs> we're, we're going to have a girly treat this afternoon. We're all getting our nails done. Oh, that's a girl. Uh, okay, that's called a spa day here. 
Well, we're just doing nails, so we're not doing anything else. Oh, okay. Wait, Maggie, when you call that a spa day when you get your nails done? You and your mother and your sister go all the time. What do you call it? Go all the time. <laughs> I've been like three times. In the last year. My mother goes all the time. It's a Manny Petty. <laughs> a Manny Petty. your name by suggesting you spend your life at the spa, Maggie. No, no, no. She doesn't spend her life at the spa. But when she's around her mother and her sister, yes, they, they, they do that. It's called a Manny Petty. A what? Um, uh, no, um, okay, we're only doing we're only doing fingernails though. Okay, so just, you, a, just a manicure. You're not doing the petty. No, I'm. I, I just start giggling. And is there a uh, is there a custom on the island of Malta, a Christmas custom on the island of Malta that no one knows about but you do? Um, I think I've discussed the Christmas customs, like the the getting the house blessed on Epiphany. Okay. Um, but I think you do that in the States as well, don't you? No. Uh, <laughs> Protestantism runs deep here, even in Catholicism in the U.S. A house once blessed is always blessed. Oh, I see. Well, <laughs> my nunna, they don't do this so much anymore, probably because it's a fire hazard. My nunna used to get the, um, the palm leaves from Palm Sunday, and she would burn them in a big frying pan. And walk through the house, you know, blessing, blessing everywhere, you know, but even under beds and things like that. Um, and her, her brother would be shouting, "Stop it! You're going to start a fire!" You know, walks her mattresses and things like that. I think they've they've maybe grown out of that one now. <laughs> Maggie, I did not say you have them all the time when you were oh, with you. Oh Lord, brilliant. the frying the frying pans coming out. Uh-oh. Well, shall I leave you to it then, Mike? Yes. Uh, Merry Christmas. Blessed <laughs> Happy New Year. Um, uh, a blessed Feast of all those in between, of the Holy Innocents, uh, the Proto-Martyr St. Stephen. Uh, wait a minute. We, we get Beckett during the during Epiphany, don't we? Yep. You won't oh, be on air for Beckett, will you? He's, what, January, uh, December 28th? 29th. We're back. Hang on. We're back on the 2nd. Is that right? Yes. Yeah. I know that Beckett's in, he, he is an epiphany. I mean, yeah. he is in Christmas time. I do know that. Yeah, I always associate it with Christmas time. Yes, yes. So, a uh, 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 blessed and Merry Christmas. Give our best uh, to uh, Mr. Nash and all the, the uh, Fiorella children. And uh, God willing, if we survive, we shall see you next year. And uh, we'll take you out with uh, today's O Antiphon is O Rex Gentium, or, or King of All the Nations. And uh, we will see you in 2024. See you in 2024. Merry Christmas, everyone. It's been my absolute pleasure to bring you the early show all the way from Chile, England. Don't forget to write to me at Fiorella at CrusadeChannel.com. And the chat room is open for your commentary at CrusadeChannel.com forward slash chat. I will now leave you with the King Dude, Mike Church himself. You're listening to the Crusade Channel, live talk radio the way it should be. Et desiderados erarum, lapibisque angularis, qui facis utraque eonum, veni et salva homine, quem delimo formasti, magnificat, Anima mea domino, et exultavit spiritus meus.
in Deo salutari meo, qui ares vexit ominitate mancilis domi. Ece inimex hoc beata me, dicendum des generationes, qui ia fecit mihi magna qui potens est. Et sanctum nomen Deo, et misericordia heosa progenie in progenies. Timen tibus heo, fecit potentiam in brava civios suo. Dispersit superbos mente cordis sui, Nipos omipotentes decide. Et exaltavit homines, Esurrientes simple vit bonis. Et divites dimisit in ane, Sosipid Israel poirum soho. Recordatus misericordii sui, Sicut locutus est ad patres nostros. Abraham et seminieius in secula, Gloria patri et filio, Et spiritui sancto, Sicut everat in principio, et nunc et semper, et in secula seculorum, amen. Ore excensio, et desideratus earum, lapidis quevangularis, quivi facis utraque, Quem delimo formasti.